0: What's up, you guys? April 29th. Listing you, boy. If you're watching live, we're starting a little bit early. I've got a jam-packed day, Jimmy. Yeah, I basically center
2: my whole schedule around you, Sean. So uh, whenever, whenever you tell me you're ready to go, I just make it happen yeah, for you. Yeah, that's,
0: that's what happens. I mean, you, the the biggest money earner for Jimmy Van, Sean Ross Sap. He, yeah. he just circles. He, he, he The world revolves around me. That's... Basically how it revolves is. around Sean. That's exactly right. Pays for everything. And, I uh, and, and ironically, this year, a Toronto trip probably won't happen because of
2: uh, I, I can't say that's not true. I can't say that's not true. I will say that I have not booked the baseball game. Because how could
0: you? Yeah, I how haven't. Could you? Maybe, no, but maybe we do I, a Raptors game, Jimmy.
2: It's possible. We've done we've done one before. That's possible. OK,
0: okay. We'll, we'll have to see. Reminder, guys, if you're watching live on YouTube.com slash Fightful, go ahead and send a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air, but maybe you're you're sitting around and you say, oh, you know what, I want to ask a ton of questions, but I've only got $5 to spare. Well, lucky you, I do a Q&A show on FightfulSelect.com every single week. Go ahead, subscribe over there. It's going to be well worth it, because let me tell you, got some good scoops coming up. I hate your blurry background. Dude, they exactly can't thinking. see it. I keep telling you, uh, don't worry about that. I, well, I can, and I don't like it. In fact, they—you like see me at a completely different angle. They see me here. Yeah, you yeah. see me here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I want to say another thing. I was—I was planning to wear this uh, T-shirt today, and I just forgot. I just simply <laughs> forgot. What? It's a—it's a, a, uh, it's a uh, conquest. What's it called? Conquest. Conquer COVID-19 is what it is. Okay. And it's a charity where the proceeds are going towards getting uh, materials for essential workers. And uh, I ordered a couple of them, and uh, I believe the website is conquercovid19.com, I think. We could literally make
0: those ourselves.
2: I was planning to – yeah, I was planning – it's funny because they kind of look like the old Austin 316 shirts in terms of the design. But I was planning on wearing it, and I just completely forgot, so I'll wear it next week. But check that out. I want to start by asking Sean Ross Ab. You had an interesting interview today.
0: I did. It's not going to come out for a while, but let's be real, Jimmy. I've had a lot of interesting interviews. <laughs> yeah, I talked to John Moxley again. How'd that go? Very well, very well. Now, we, we did it in promotion of his Cage Fighter movie, and you can't—not to pat myself on the back, but I'm going to do it. He's playing a pro wrestler in that movie who is— Moving to MMA and that is right in our wheelhouse. That is, yes, is that is legitimately the the point of our existence as a website is the crossover between MMA and pro wrestling. So that was really cool. Uh, we talked blood sport. We talked about him watching uh, WrestleMania. We talked about AEW, WWE producers, how much input they get, uh, about whether he thinks Chuck Liddell and Luke Rockhold would do well in pro wrestling because. They are in 2020. They're also in the movie. Well, here's the thing: yeah. Chuck Liddell has like mentioned it in the past That's and nice. in the recent past. And uh, yeah, it's it's a. I really like the interview. Really like talking to him. Uh, second time in a few months, and it's like, what am I gonna do? Say, hey, you know what? No, nah, I think I'll pass on that John Moxley guy. I think I'll pass on the biggest star in wrestling outside of WWE. Uh, you think so
2: i think jericho's a bigger star than he is well i'll do respect you
0: you could hey you know what you could throw that argument out there and if chris jericho wants to do an interview with me and state that case he is more than welcome to awesome but i thought you were talking about my interview with rj city my 51 minute interview with rj city
2: i i i'm embarrassed to say this i didn't know that you did an interview with rj city
0: well I did 51 (laughs) minutes it's going up this weekend it was a lot of fun as all of our interviews with RJ City are but uh, our super chats are fun too and Anakin JMT says listening while back at work not sure how automotive is essential but I'll take the extra 30 percent pay thank you for all you guys do what are Jimmy's thoughts on WWE pushing back against the trademarks of Cody Rhodes now uh, first off I want to say thank you for going to work anybody who's at work or just working from home. I thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate that. Glad you're getting a bump in pay as well. If you're going through the risk, so the Cody Rhodes thing, they didn't oppose Cody Rhodes the trademark. They opposed yeah. some of the other ones, which yep. to me, I'm fine with. It's business, yeah.
2: And and you got to remember that they own all of those. It was, I believe, it was Slambury and a few other names of events. Yes. WWE owns all, all that old footage. And you never know, you never know if they were decide to do. You know how they do these live events sometimes. Then they they refer to them as say Starcade or something. I I went
0: to Starcade, and the only reason I went is because it was Starcade, Jimmy.
2: Right, right. So, if quite frankly, if anything, uh, I'd say they they should not have let them uh, lapse in the first place. But uh, the Cody Rhodes name, fine, whatever. If if I'm WWE, let them have it. I mean, what do you what do you for them to hold on to it? It's strictly out of spite. You know what I'm saying? So let him
0: have it. He has legitimately referred to himself as Cody Rhodes before he was ever Cody Rhodes. I mean he Yeah, but you know what they used to do, and I used to love this. I thought this was very creative,
2: is they used to announce him and Brandy by saying Cody and Brandy Rhodes. Yes. Yes. Like that. I do too.
0: Yeah. And the Cody thing, it works. He's established himself as a singular name, which was the goal that he had to begin with. But Cody Rhodes, I mean, come on, and everybody calls him that anyway. I agree. Everybody calls him that. And then they can do the Rhodes family thing and, you know. Rex Joseph Calmerin says, Aren't shareholders suing Vince for giving misleading info uh, like no Roman Reigns because of low ratings? Will they add this uh, blame new talent for low ratings in the lawsuit? I know this is something that you're uh, pretty passionate about clearing up jimmy i actually skyped sean yesterday we're
2: doing this on april 29 and i mean no disrespect to whoever posted the story on fightful uh i hit up sean yesterday and i said hey that that story somebody put up about that lawsuit that's not news and uh and and i told sean if you go to any of wwe's financial sites and yahoo is the one that i tend to use
0: yahoo i know so i just like how you say yahoo <laughs> yahoo yahoo yeah <laughs>
2: what i say anyway You're,
0: you are painfully canadian
2: <laughs> i don't i don't say again all right i don't say again you just did right but anyway if you go to any of those sites you will see press release after press release after press release from these little firms that are filing uh, class actions against wwe and I told Sean yesterday, like, I, I saw the list of the two persons that were mentioned, and I said to Sean, who are those guys? Like, are they even, li- like, major shareholders? Do they have, like, 100 shares? Unless it's a major shareholder, and if you go on any of these financial sites for WWE, they list the major shareholders. You yeah. can see them right there. Unless it's a major shareholder, these stories are not news because these firms are looking for a handout. That's why they do them. I refer to them as the market version of ambulance chasers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're looking for quick cash, and so these types of lawsuits get filed all the time. It's not news to me unless it's a major shareholder, but to answer your question, uh, it has nothing to do with Roman Reigns. It has nothing to do with ratings. The shareholders are suing for various reasons. Obviously, the stock has shit the bed. It used to be close to 100 uh, It spiked a little bit after the earnings call, but last I looked, it was back down to, like, I think, 44 bucks. So, obviously, a lot of these people bought the shares at 70 80 $90, dollars. And I've taken a bath on it. And so they're looking for reasons to you know, get some money back out of it. There's been accusations about the XFL, uh, conflict of interest, about uh, 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 poor usage of WWE resources. Things like that related to the XFL have been thrown in there. But Roman Reigns and ratings has nothing to do with anything. Not in that landscape.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what. If there's a conflict of interest between your penis and your plans, BlueChew.com has you covered. BlueChew.com, code Fightful, (laughs) brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but they work on your schedule, which probably is wide open right now. But if you want somebody to be wide open to you giving them that ding-dong again, check out BlueChew.com, code Fightful. I've been saying this over and over. Do not go to the pharmacy. Do not go to the doctor's office unless you have to. And you... The the sad reality is having an erect penis is not essential to life. I mean, it's essential to my life, but not everybody else's. So Blue Chew gets you there, and it's prescribed online through their affiliated physicians. It ships straight to your door in a discreet package, far more discreet than my ad segues, that's for sure. I mean, you're not going to have your mailman coming up and saying, and if you want a hard penis, you're in luck because here's your shipment. Because they don't know what's coming your way. They're they're sifting through the mail. They're doing all this. They're not all up in your business. Use that code FIGHTFUL. Get your first shipment free. Just pay $5 shipping. Got to pay the mailman. Got to pay him in these tough times. And times, But I hope that you all don't have a tough time getting an erect penis and having fantastic sexual performance. Because it's not just for people with a problem. BlueChew.com. Code Fightful. There you go. I meant to do that last week and I forgot to print it out. Well, we've got, we've got more super chat. People being real good to us. Okay. DJ Cass says, Braun has really not felt like the guy on SmackDown. Uh, Drew McIntyre feels more like the guy. What do you think? I absolutely agree. I, I do too. And, and – yep. The first thing we see, Jimmy, is Braun coming out with Alexa Bliss. What? You got me a gift? (laughs) Man, he's so much better than that. Yep, I agree. And uh, when he showed
2: fear holding up that mask, you know, Braun Strowman never showed any kind of fear before. He peaked. I forget what WrestleMania was when he chose Nicholas as his partner. That was his peak. And it's been downhill ever since. And most of it is not his fault. Most of it is the way he was handled creatively. We used to talk about Mixed Match Challenge. The way that he acted with Alexa Bliss on Mixed Match Challenge was embarrassing. Yeah. Embarrassing. And that was when he was at his peak on uh, on the major show, acting like a moron in Mixed Match Challenge. Yeah, the- Drew McIntyre. And, and Drew McIntyre has a presence about him. He's got, you can tell he's got a lot of confidence now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's got a presence about him, and he's always looked like a star, and now he's got the presence of a star. He is definitely the man right now. The WWE. Braun
0: Strowman that I knew would have just stomped the gift and then picked up whatever was in there and been like, sucks. Yes. And that, that would have been that. Would have been that. Uh, yep. Rob Wilkins says, question for Jimmy. Without naming names, do you think the backlash and defense on Omega's match last week was justified? Justified, I think, it, or if – AJ Styles had the same match. Would this get the same reaction? Did you see any of that, Jimmy? No, I. to be honest, I have not. Kenny Omega faced a guy named Alan Angels. He was actually the guy who threw the drink at, e, or at uh, MJF a few months ago. He was the oh, guy was that brought when him.
2: Omega sold too much? People thought he sold too much?
0: Yes, and Dave Meltzer thought, no, not so much. And Ryan Satin was very adamant. I, and honestly, I wasn't nearly as vocal about it. I agreed with, with Ryan. I thought that Kenny Omega should have looked like a dominant dude and whipped the guy's ass for a while. Now, I'm sure it's nice to throw Alan Angel's a bone, but Kenny Omega's the star.
2: I look at it from a few perspectives. Uh, the first is they got a lot of time to kill because the empty arena setting, and we're going to talk about it more later uh, talking about Raw, but they have a lot of time to kill. They've got limited rosters. you got to fill two hours of TV with a fraction of your regular roster. So I can kind of understand it from that perspective. Uh, Also, with all due respect to Kenny Omega, and this is just my opinion, I think that his stock and the Young Bucks stock has dropped since they started with AEW. Uh, And I think it's because of the the way they've been handled on television. The Young Bucks, to me, are nowhere close to where they were when uh, when they were peddling the T-shirts at Hot Topic and all of that stuff. A lot of it is because of creative and because they've been too maybe gracious in putting people over. And maybe you can look at that match as an example of Omega being uh, too selfless uh, in order to make somebody else look good. But he, he's not the Kenny Omega that he was when he wrestled Jericho in New Japan right now, it's just not in terms of his superstar caliber. And so I would have a bigger problem with it probably if it was Moxley that mm-hmm. did that. Uh, But Omega right
0: now at this – at where he is right now, I can can accept it. Anakin JMT says, can Jimmy explain why XFL would have to file for bankruptcy and wouldn't be able to return next season if Vince had all that money set aside? Yep, so
2: only Vince McMahon knows the answer, and my belief – and we've talked about it – I think that at least one of the broadcast partners pulled out.
0: Yeah. That's what I think it was. And it's – all the matter if they're up for renewing next season. If they, they come back and they say, Hey, we would like to try the XFL next season on, on the channels, do you think it comes back? Nope. Man, uh wild. I, I
2: think I think they're gonna sell the assets. Uh because they, they claim that they have ten to fifty million, which is a pretty big range, but they claim they have ten to fifty million in assets, ten to fifty million in liabilities. We don't know if it's ten in assets, fifty in liabilities. We don't know. Uh, I, I did read that this McMahon was smart. The last couple of cash injections that he gave them, he did it by way of a loan because I think he saw the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. And so he set himself up as a creditor by doing that. But, uh, mm-hmm. no, I, I, I think that they are done. And again, I think that at least one of their broadcast partners pulled out and I think Vince McMahon understood, uh, okay. Cause everything is gray area right now. When are we going to have crowds again in arenas? Uh, when we do have crowds, how's that going to be set up? No one's spending money right now. Plus most of these TV networks have been taking a bath financially anyway. Yeah. And so I think that Fox or ABC probably pulled the plug. That's just my gut feel. And I think that Vince looked at it like it's going to be very difficult in this landscape to get into the broadcast partner. And that's why I think he, uh, led to go into bankruptcy because otherwise I agree. He had committed
0: up to 500 million. Why would you let it go? That's the reason why I think. Dante V says, shout out to everyone else who is working. Wild that my boss thinks that planting bushes at the cemetery is essential. Was Jimmy Van corpsing behind that ad paper when he held it up? Well, Dante, it <laughs> sounds like you're corpsing right now based on what you're doing at work. Yeah, maybe. But, but uh, yeah, Jimmy, did, did did I crack you up? Was I funny? Was, uh, what the
2: hell did you say that made me chuckle? Oh, uh, you said that uh, an erection is essential to you or something?
0: Oh, yeah, something? it was. It is. It's it's very important to me. (laughs) That's
2: good. Probably important to your wife too, hopefully. Yeah, of course it is. Don't be ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, All right. So I want to talk about some notes from WWE's earnings call last Thursday. It kind of fits into some of the questions that we got. I'm not going to go over all of the Q1 earnings because you can go to Fightful.com and we have all of that. It was basically exactly what I thought. Uh, I had said going in that they were going to report record revenues because of the TV deals unless there was a reduction in rights, but that they're going to be down everywhere else. And that's basically what happened. I also want to mention this. I had a few people ask me, hey, are you going to be on the call? Yeah. And my response was I'm not even going to bother attempting. What I want to explain is I've never been on a WWE earnings call before, but I have been on other earnings calls. And they typically have a moderator that vets the caller before they go into queue. And if you ever listen to these WWE earnings calls, most of the time they're from, you know, pretty decent sized firms or banks, JP Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley. Uh something tells me that if Jimmy Van, you know, or if I use my real name, uh, from FIFA.com, or I could use the hold co, I guess, that I got shares under. But if I show up on the call and I've got some questions to ask Vince McMahon that he's not gonna be asked by any of these bankers, there's no chance I'm going into Q, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I don't even bother, uh, attempting it. So, but there's, there's a few notes I wanted to mention about it. So first off the USA Fox deal, I will say this in a roundabout way. Some of my questions were answered. Uh, I wish that hit that Vince had been asked more directly about some of this stuff, but in a roundabout way, he answered some of this stuff. So when it comes to USA and Fox, he said that they have a great relationship with both, both partners. He said that USA and Fox have WWE's backs and uh, WWE has their backs, It's probably about as good an answer as you're going to get out of Vince McMahon. That tells me that they're probably, at least right now, not withholding rights. We'll know for sure when Q2 earnings come out because most of what's been happening will fall under Q2. But uh, I don't. it sounds like they didn't. So that's, that's good news for WWE. Uh, Saudi Arabia, he said that they, he doesn't know if they can produce the second show this year. But if not, they can just tack it on to the end of the contract. And they're not going to lose any money. That's good. That's another question that I had. One thing that was notable out of this, and again, no one is going to call Vince out on this shit. And this is what's annoying about these earnings calls. Everybody's like, thank you, Mr. McMahon. Thank you, Mr. McMahon. No one's going to call him out. He spent so much time putting over WrestleMania. How much time did he spend at the start of the call putting over WrestleMania and trying to find some positive metrics, social media interaction, even though it was a two-night show? He was looking for all these reasons to look for positivity. Mania fell under Q2. Yeah. And I was listening to this, and I was joking on social media. Is he going to put over the Royal Rumble on the next earnings call? Because Mania's in Q2 had nothing to do with Q1 at all. But he was looking for any reason to have a a positive spin on the metrics. So uh, that, for me, was telling. And then the other thing I want to talk about is television ratings because we got mixed messages on the call
0: about television ratings. yeah, big time.
2: Uh, And we're talking over like a five-minute span. Vince would contradict himself like twice in a five-minute span, and nobody called him out because they just don't. You know what I mean? So first, he said that ratings haven't been impacted by COVID-19 and WWE, he said, particularly SmackDown, haven't been impacted. Then he kind of shifted and he acknowledged that the raw ratings have suffered. And you got to remember, we're talking Q1 and COVID didn't become a thing until the middle of March, which is the end of Q1. So they really only dealt with this for like two weeks out of the quarter. But then he said raw ratings have suffered. Then he looked for explanations as to why ratings have suffered. Keep in mind, it's only been two weeks for the quarter, right? So first he said, uh, oh, it's the, uh, the environment, the empty arena environment. That's the first thing he said. Then he said, oh, it's because we're uh, incorporating a lot of new talent into the show, and it takes time for them to connect with the audience. I was listening to that call, and quite frankly, I thought to myself, what a, load, what a load of shit. Yeah. Because this is Q1, and COVID, again, has really nothing to do with most of Q1. So I will say this. Vince is right to a degree about the ratings when it comes to right now. Because right now, the empty arena setting is hurting them. Right now, they've only got a fraction of their talent on the show. Uh, And ratings are seeing historical lows right now. But no one, I don't think, is really going crazy because of the landscape we're in. And when you look at the ratings, they're still always top five. Uh, Two of the three hours are always top five when it comes to the demo. So I don't think anyone's really going too crazy about that. They have no AJ Styles right now, no Kevin Owens, no Randy Orton, no Edge. Becky Lynch's has been on every week. So there's all of that. But when you look at the numbers versus the same time period in previous years, right? And I only looked at January and February because, again, the last two weeks of March is when COVID hit and they had empty arena stuff. If you look at January and February in 2020, raw average 2.29 million viewers on USA over January and February of 2020, 2.29 million. Same two months of 2019, 2.61 million. So it's a loss of about 300,000 viewers on average. 2018, 3.33 million. That's a loss of a million viewers, Sean, on average over that two-month period. So you're going to tell me that it's the environment? You're going to tell me it's because of new performers? That's all bullshit. They have been eroding in popularity going back several years, and it's because of creative. But once again, when you're on these earnings call, no one's going to call them out on that. One girl was uh, was putting over how they're seeing record sub growth on the network, which is a complete and utter oh, bullshit thing to say. Uh, and she was a girl caller, right?
0: Said, oh, she was ridiculous. Ooh, she that was, was ridiculous. Because like, we all knew because they, they wouldn't even tell us how many paid subs. That's uh, big, they did. They did. It, it was in the uh, – I don't have it in front of me.
2: It was in the, uh, the PDF on the corporate website. But was it
0: uh, – there was – it was either paid subs total or paid subs growth that I thought that they didn't provide no, information they, on.
2: So they listed uh, the total subs and okay. they listed the free subs. So, if you do the math, you can figure out the difference. Sure. And the reason that this girl called it record sub growth is because for the quarter they showed, I don't remember the total. I think it was like 2.1 million subscribers, I think, somewhere in there. And they called that.
0: She meant record substitute growth from all the substitute wrestlers they've had to bring in (laughs) to replace others.
2: If you looked at those numbers, and again, I should have written them down, but I didn't, they had a ton of free subscribers over that time. And somebody on the call, and again, this was in the PDF on the website. Uh, but somebody on the call said, "Do you have the uh, the paid versus free total?" And I think it was Frank Gruta said, "No, bullshit. Yes, they did. It was on the corporate website, but they didn't. They just they didn't want to spotlight the fact that they only showed that high overall number because they had a record number of free subscribers. Yeah. I think I think they had the, the double double amount of free subscribers that they had for the same quarter in 2019." Uh, And a lot of those people just are not going to convert to a paid subscriber. I mean that's just how it is. Then on top of that, you got churn of the other subscribers too. So we'll see how Q2 turns out.
0: There's no methods in place to prevent somebody from just signing up with a new email address every month. I've heard so many different
2: stories. So I've been a subscriber from the start, and I've never canceled, so I can't really comment. But I've heard stories about how people would cancel, and then they would get offered the free trial again.
0: That, I, I mean, mean, that happens with a lot of subscription services. But, yeah, it's... Uh, man. The numbers
2: are convoluted, and, and again, when that girl said congratulations on the record, sub-growth, I was ready to hang up the call.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I did a thing where I was looking back at some of the times when WWE would, one, actively troll their fans, or two, be like, we're changing, type of thing. And I went back and I looked at when Triple H came out and cut that promo... About fans crying and whining and said, oh, well, me and my friend Mark will quit watching. And I looked, and they have half, less than half, the viewership now than they did on that 2014 promo. And I had so many people saying, cord cutters, DVR. DVR was around then, Jimmy. It existed then. Three-hour Raws were still a thing then. Three-hour Raws have existed for, what, eight, nine years now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I will say that cord cutting has affected all of television. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even on uh, network primetime television, you know, remember back in the day when Survivor was first out and they yeah. would get twenty, thirty million viewers a week. Now, a good show will do six or seven. That's a good show.
0: Well, I mean, even even then, it's like people just. Aren't as interested in the show. The Last Dance, the Bulls documentary, did like 14, 15 million. People wanted to watch it. The Walking Dead isn't doing 14, 15 million anymore. People stopped being as interested in the show. Yeah, but no one is going to tell me,
2: well, the reason that Raw used to do, you know, six, seven million at their peak and they're doing under two million right now is because of of cord cutters. That's complete and utter bullshit.
0: That's not what it is at
2: all. They've been slowly eroding because of creative. That's what it's been.
0: Adam Pearson says, Sean, looking forward to you smashing the quiz tonight. As someone who is a fan of WrestleTalk, I can well and truly say they don't stand a chance. Yeah, I'm doing a quiz thing with WrestleTalk in parts fun known. Adam Blampede and a couple other people. uh, I think it's at 4 p.m. Eastern. I'll be live over there. So check that out. Uh, Watch me dominate some jobbers.
2: Awesome. I want to say one other thing about WWE TV, and this is this is specific to Rob, kind of more so than SmackDown. You know how sometimes wrestlers will complain about not getting an opportunity? Uh and they'll complain about I pitch stuff and you know they're not putting me on TV, whatever. Right now, there are some wrestlers and some managers getting massive opportunities. Uh, And getting a ton of television exposure. And if they're not able to capitalize on this time with the exposure they're getting, then that's going to be on them, in my opinion. And you look at Raw, because again, they've only had a fraction of their roster at the shows, and they got to fill three hours. So Zelina Vega, Andrade, Angel Garza, Austin Theory, Apollo Crews, Liv Morgan, Street Profits, getting massive opportunities on television right now. I think Zelina Vega has knocked it out of the park. I think she has been – of the whole crop, she's been the star. It's because she can talk and it's because she's got charisma. Um, so I think she's done a really good job. I think Angel Garza has done a pretty good job too because he's also got charisma and he's got pretty good speaking ability. Austin Theory for me has been kind of invisible a little bit. He yeah. hasn't really shown me too much. Um, and I know that some people are upset about Apollo Crews because they pulled him for money in the bank. But at the same time, the fact that he's gotten these opportunities to do matches up to 20 minutes when he wasn't even on TV before, it's going to benefit him in the long run. If not in WWE, then somewhere else.
0: I think he's going to get that like against the establishment type of following and push because a lot of people were upset, and I think that was by design, Jimmy. I think that they wanted to give him a push. Make you think that he was getting this opportunity, snatch it from him that way. Some people are like, "Oh, they're they're taking this from him. They're taking it from him as if it wasn't planned." Because hey, they filmed the match two weeks ago, right? And it's kind of the Becky Lynch Survivor Series thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Only this was planned out. Yes, and I think it'll work for him because, based on everything that I've seen of him, it's good. Because see, when that first started to happen. You have all these donks that are like, he's got no charisma. He's got I'm sorry, no, what is
2: that? He's the, the donks.
0: Donks, got no charisma, no charisma. How would you know? When have you ever seen him cut an extended promo? Then he did that thing with Andrade this week, and it ruled. Him slapping Andrade in the face was one of the most talked about things on Raw this week. I saw two sides to Paulo Cruz over the same promo. Mm-hmm. Because when he was
2: laughing with Charlie, he wasn't good like the the the, the, was the right. laughter was the laughter was kind of forced and it didn't seem natural mm-hmm. but then when he had to get serious because he was face to face with Andrade then he was good so i felt like okay maybe he's not very good at improvising maybe he's not very good with the jokey type stuff maybe but when he had to get serious in the slap i thought that was quite good i thought that and he also looked bigger than uh, taller than i remember cuz Andrade's not short by any stretch mm-hmm. he's not a giant but he's not short and apollo was like eye to eye with him
0: He's about six so, feet tall from what I from what I remember.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't think he was quite as tall as he looked. But uh, now it's been a great opportunity for him. It has, and so we're going to see where it goes. Over on SmackDown, it doesn't feel like they have as many new performers getting an opportunity, yeah. except for the Forgotten Sons. Otherwise, it doesn't feel like there's as many new performers. But when it comes to standouts, we've talked about Sonya Deville. She's been awesome. Uh, I also think that Otis is great, very entertaining. Mm-hmm. The only thing about Otis that irks me just a little bit uh, is he is doing this supposedly serious program with Dolph Ziggler, who's, you know been kind of threatening his girlfriend. And when he does run-ins to attack Dolph Ziggler, he still puts in the goofy mannerisms.
0: I don't like that at all. I don't like, get
2: it. And and you don't have a live crowd there. So who are you doing it for?
0: You know what I mean? It it's doesn't like, make sense. No, no offense, but if my girlfriend's getting attacked, I'm not going to run out there and shake my dong all around. <laughs> it's not – one it's not appropriate
2: (laughs) i would like it if you did that'd be kind of funny
0: i mean maybe maybe fightful select guys maybe that that'll be that's the five thousand dollar tier one thousand subscribers one thousand subscribers yeah i'll i'll set up a skit where my wife gets attacked and i run out and save her but then the only thing that i'm worried about is shaking my dick around exactly exactly
2: like there's there's i find a lot of the guys and and uh i've read some stuff online uh from some experienced wrestlers talking about working in front of no crowd and i guess some of the the newer wrestlers don't like it because they're not used to it and some of the more experienced guys are fine with it because they've done indies in front of like no crowds so they're kind of used to it i still find that a lot of the wrestlers on wwe television are showboating to no crowd yeah like they're they're still standing on the corners. They're still gazing like this when they're standing on the corners. I'm watching that going, What are you doing? I don't care what you did two months ago. You got to pivot because now there's one camera. Well, I know they got multiple cameras, but Watch you're, WCW. you're playing the camera.
0: Watch WCW stuff. They used to work to the camera a lot. They right. would go and they would talk to the camera. You got to do that now. Yes. And I've been. I, so it's funny, Triple H, a big talking point from him has been him saying there's a lot of things that are going to change in this business forever because of this. I think that might be one of them. I think they might find the value of talking to a camera. I used to love it when people would heal on WCW Saturday Night or Pro or whatever it was where they Barry Windham would have some jobber by the face and like drag him to the camera and ham for them. And I was like, damn, what a mean son of a bitch. I mean, I watched Dark Side of the Ring last night, and Doctor David Schultz—he was a little before my time. I was like, "Damn, that guy could—he could work an arena of nobody if he wanted to today, because he would make that connection with the camera, and it would transcend the screen." And that's why he was legitimate.
2: David Schultz was legit.
0: I, I put a tweet out last night that I bought everything about his character, and I'm not sure that it was a character, and that was the point. That's yep. that was the point of the Stossel slap cuz you didn't know about David Schultz what it, if it was real if it wasn't there were little things about that like John Stossel would pivot which is you know something an interviewer might do when they're uncomfortable and David Schultz's eyes didn't leave him the whole time like he followed him and I was like that that's a little thing that's a little thing that I think that a lot of people could could take a tip from I watched him and really got to see more of him last night than I ever really had before. Okay. And okay. I was like, yeah, there are people that could take some, some inspiration from that guy.
2: So I, I – after he left WWE, he spent time in Montreal for international wrestling. And I was, I was going to talk about this later, but since you brought it up, we'll talk about it now. The, uh, the Dr. David D. Uh, uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode, he actually worked as a babyface in Montreal. Okay. And it was very weird because he still basically acted like Dr. D. Dave. What's the
3: easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
2: Schultz, but he yeah. was out he was working as a baby face. I've talked to guys over the years about him, uh, different guys that had worked with him, especially in Montreal. He was a loose cannon legit. You never knew legitimately what he was going to do. And he was the wrong guy for John Stossel to be interviewing. <laughs> and, and I will say this, and, and if people aren't familiar with this uh, whole story, you can go on YouTube and you can uh, look up John Stossel wrestling and the 2020 w- report will come up. I will say this. Uh, I am not in defense of physical assault in any mm-hmm. situation, and John Stossel did not deserve, <clears throat> excuse me, to be struck like that. And David Charles lost his job over that, and he deserved to. But I will say this, though. Stossel was an invited guest backstage at Madison Square Garden by WWE. And fact is, he was being smug. He was being arrogant. He had an agenda, and his agenda was, I'm going to expose pro wrestling, and I'm going to hurt this business. Uh, to kind of up my own stock. I kind of can put myself into Dr. D. David Schultz's shoes, where number one, he's already going to be defensive of the business anyway. Number two, you have this reporter who's been an invited guest looking me in the eye telling me that what I do is bullshit.
0: I'm I you know a I mean? reporter, and I relate more to Dr. David Schultz than John Stossel. because, And, and I get it, 1985 was way different. But when yeah. I heard him say, I don't like the audience being lied to, I'm like, God, how up your own ass are you? Who would watch that? I mean, even... Eddie Mansfield, who they had do the expose, said, of course it's not real. Anybody that would believe that it's not is an idiot. Like yes. And yes. I kind I- of believed him that he was pretty adamant about getting the boys' health care and all that stuff. I thought that he was a little more sincere than he was giving credit to in that regard. Uh, also, I thought Jim Cornette was really good on there. Uh, there, there are some that Jim Cornette is really bad on, like the, the Montreal screw job. I, I hate when these episodes become him versus Russo. Mm-hmm. I hate yep. it. It happens once a year, but he was really good there. But David Schultz, man, like I, I bought everything about that guy when I saw this and I didn't get to see a ton of him before, but you bring up the Mr. T thing that, that happened a little bit later. I think that's why he got fired because as he mentioned, A couple weeks later, or yeah, just a couple weeks later, what Hulk Hogan did to uh, the guy from Law & Order, what was his name? Uh, 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 Belzer or something?
2: Belzer, Uh, Richard
0: Belzer. uh, Yeah. What he did to Belzer was way worse than the slap. He choked Uh, choked Belzer out cold. Belzer fell limp to the ground, cracked his head on the floor, and bled everywhere. You're right. However...
2: John Stossel did not tell
0: David Charles to slap him in the face. That That's true. That's true. But so also, it's I, a little different. I don't think Belzer asked Hogan to crack his skull open on the floor either.
2: Well, no, but that wasn't intentional. It, it, it's not like Hogan threw him into the floor. Like, he let go when he probably shouldn't have, but he didn't intentionally throw him into the floor like that. Yeah. You know?
0: And at the same but, time, uh, like, I'll, I'll have people, and I get it, WWE isn't keen on giving a guy like me interviews either. Uh, A lot of times, but I'm not going to go on one of the interviews that they provide me like what happened with Stossel and be like, oh, what about Saudi Arabia? What about when y'all get stuck on that plane? What about this blood money type of thing? No, if it's set up through the company, you have a a basic understanding and that does not compromise journalistic integrity to be like, okay, this was set up for a reason. You can play by their rules still. And if you want those answers, there, there are other ways to get them. I thought John Stossel was way too up his own ass about that. Absolutely. Are you well, telling
2: me that ABC called Vince McMahon and said, can we get backstage access as MSG? Because we're going to do an expose on pro wrestling. No yeah. chance. No chance. They called Vince McMahon to talk about, oh, the, the, the boom in popularity. And we're going to give you this mainstream exposure. Ahead of WrestleMania. No, no chance Vince would have. Yeah, like Vince McMahon never would have gone for that if he had known what the agenda was. And again, I'm not going to defend anybody for for, you know, assaulting somebody else. But Stossel, again, he was arrogant and smug and he had an agenda and he did it as an invited guest at a show. And And so,
0: you know, David Schultz could have hurt him a lot worse. It was a very, very swift slap, as Jim Cornette pointed out. Yeah, it it was a very swift one, as Jim Cornette pointed out. He could have messed him up and I did think that the line of the show was John Stossel saying the pain went away when I got paid <laughs> yeah yeah I mean they
2: settled and he got money out of it just like Belzer settled to $280,000 so, uh, who got that Stossel John Stossel okay okay yeah, good for him, whatever. Did do you know what uh what David Schultz did after wrestling? Did they say it on the documentary? Yeah,
0: the uh the bounty hunting, bounty hunting. apparently he was pretty good at it and he has he's he that dude's so charismatic. Jesus Christ. He,
2: he would have had a run with Hogan because again, this is before Mania One. This is when the eighties boom period was just about to start, and he would have had a run with Hogan had that not happened. Yeah. Um But it is what it is. I mean, again, he shouldn't have done it. He was just kind of – he was protecting the business, and Stossel, again, was being a dick, and it was just kind of something that he just kind of did off the cuff, and I think he deserved to get
0: fired over it. I think it's a real uppity thing to be like, oh, you're doing the public such a great, positive service, saving lives because you let people know wrestling wasn't real. Hey, Chief, everybody knew – okay, I don't want to say everybody. That's a blanket statement, but – Almost everybody knows. A lot of people did. Yeah, a And lot of people. hope you all know you can send a super chat, get your question or statement read right on the air. Rob Wilkins says, Jimmy, I've been forgetting to mention last week how awful the passing of Colby Cave. Uh, when hockey returns, can Oilers put his initials on their sweaters? Absolutely, they're going to do
2: something. Absolutely. So he was a forward with the Edmonton Oilers of uh, the NHL. He played for the Bruins before the Oilers. Uh, he passed away from a... Uh, I can't I remember exactly what it was with his brain. Uh, he had bleeding on the brain.
0: He had a cyst of some kind, didn't he? Yeah.
2: And he had breeding, he had uh, a brain bleed and, uh, started out as a headache. And oftentimes it's sad because oftentimes in these situations, people just think it's a headache. They pop some Tylenol and go to bed and that's what he did. And overnight he fell into unconsciousness and ended up passing away. He was only 25 years old. Yeah, So sad situation.
0: Very sad situation. Uh, Man, that sucks. 25.
2: 25. Very young. And I think he got married within the last year.
0: Oh, that's heartbreaking.
2: Yes. So it was a a really sad situation. I want to uh, uh, talk another point about Raw. And that has to do with NXT wrestlers. Because I've seen some complaints on social media about how they're bringing up these NXT wrestlers and they're all losing. And how they're making the NXT brand look weak again and all of that. This is just my opinion. Uh, number one, I'm cool with enhancement matches. And, and remember how long ago we talked about it on this podcast? I was saying bring back enhancement matches yeah. before they you know, were doing them because you need to build guys up. If you're trying to establish a guy to get him ready for a title, you got to build him up. And so I'm a fan of it. The other thing is these NXT guys that are being brought up. It's not like they're using Adam Cole and and Gargano and Velveteen Dream and Tommaso Ciampa in enhancement rules. They're using guys like Denzel Dejournet and Chase Parker and Matt Martell and Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink, guys that are still kind of new and they don't really have much of an establishment on but the NXT brand.
0: They've had no extended pushes. It really, the only right. one, Shane Thorne is a member of TM61, and that that's done.
2: Yeah, so... For that, I don't have a big problem with it. Uh, I think sometimes people again they just have an agenda to push, and so they want a, a reason to crap on WWE, and they're using that as a reason. I don't have a big problem with it. Again, I love as long it. as they don't, as long as they don't use guys guys that are established in NXT, I have no issue with it.
0: And look at Al Snow, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Mick Foley. A lot of those people were enhancement guys on WWF TV. Well before they, I mean, Matt and Jeff immediately before their push. Al Snow did it and figured things out. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa were if basically celebrity enhancement wrestlers in 2015, 2016 before they got their big push, and they're doing just fine. People get better, people adapt, people, even in MMA, Jorge Masvidal was not a top main event guy He became one eventually. It can reflect reality, and I think it works pretty well. My issue is when you have MVP popping up on the screen saying, well, you're going to get a rematch against Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. And I'm like, oh, goody. The guys who went 0-4 in April can't wait.
2: Yeah, I mean, let me just say this about your point, because I I heard you make that point on the Mm post-Raw show. To me, it's kind of not apples to apples. With the Hardy Boys, kind of, it was but when you got look at a guy like Mick Foley, Mick Foley, I think he only did a couple of enhancement matches and then he left and went to a different territory, became Cactus Jack and and then came back. I look at it like this. If say Chase Parker and Matt Martell as two examples, if they continue on nationwide television every week as Chase Parker and Matt Martell getting their asses kicked every week, then is it is there a good chance 2 years down the road that Chase Parker and Matt Martell same gear, same gimmick, same everything is suddenly going to be a star? Probably not. Probably not. However, they could take him off TV. They can repackage them. There's a lot they can do. I mean look at Jinder Mahal. Now, Jinder Mahal is different to to the point that when he won the title, a lot of people didn't accept it because they had seen him as an enhancement guy. So maybe that's a little bit different. What these guys got to be careful of is that they don't go down the road of a Barry Horowitz, Brooklyn Brawler, Mm -hmm. Mario Mancini – and a lot of that's going to come down to creative for sure, but a lot of that's going to come down to their talent too. Jeff Hardy was never going to be enhancement in his whole career. He was way too talented to be enhancement in his whole career. Mick Foley was talented, but he also was able to leave, go to a different territory, re- sure. repackage himself, and, and become a name. A lot of it's going to come down to these guys, and, well, and are they able to be creative, and are they able to come up with new stuff for themselves? To
0: be fair, if you go back and you look at Jeff and Matt Hardy in 95, 96, you had no idea they wouldn't be enhancement guys forever. Even to Matt Hardy's gear and the way he looked in yes. Steve Austin's first televised match, I just knew them as the guys that got beat up by everybody. Now, WWE was smart because occasionally they'd be like, Jeff Hardy beats Razor Ramon via countout. And then you're like, could he get a banana peel win in the future? Mm-hmm. Then when they started to team up, I'm like, okay, I know these two guys. They're brothers. And then eventually, after legit four years of jobbing, they got their opportunity. This is way different now because they're using already contracted talent. But right. when they threw Thorne and Vink together, I was like, all right, I'll take them as an enhancement team. I like that. I didn't like Ever-Rise getting 70% of the offense on Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. To me, that's not that impressive. That's not. Mm. That's like the opposite of doing that. Bring in the B team or somebody. I'm just throwing a team out there. I know they're on mm-hmm. SmackDown. But I'm like, mm-hmm. bring in somebody else if you're going to give them that much offense. Let these other guys be punching punching bags for a little bit. You know, the Hardy Boys back then kind of looked like the Young Bucks now. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's, that was the inspiration. And, I mean, there have yeah. been a lot of references to that. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: now, one other thing I want to mention, and this leads to something happening on Raw next week, and it kind of also leads into talking again about Jinder Mahal. It's pretty obvious WWE's struggling to kill time. When they have three hours to fill on Monday, they got two to fill on SmackDown. They've got limited rosters on both shows. So it's obvious that they're struggling. This is why you're seeing, I think it was two weeks ago, Andrade, Angel Garza, and and Austin Theory were in like three matches with the Street Profits back-to-back-to-back. Yeah. And I think combined it killed 57 minutes. It's because they're struggling to kill all of this time. That leads me to next week on Raw. They've advertised that there's going to be a last chance gauntlet match for the Money in the Bank spot that Apollo Cruz lost due to injury. Uh, you uh, theorized this on social media today that you think it's probably going to go long. I think so too. Could maybe, maybe this would be the, their opportunity to pump out a 30 minute match, a 45 minute match. Uh, but like you said, it's got stakes. Plus, it's a multi man match in that in that situation, so it kind of stays fresh. There's a reason for them to kind of you know do a lengthy match. Uh, you also theorize that Jinder might win it because then he could go to Money in the Bank, get the briefcase, and now him and Drew have a ready-made story. Yeah. I'm with you on that too. But the only thing I'll say is if they do it, he needs to cash in the briefcase sooner than later. Yes. Because nobody wants to see a five month chase. Exactly. With Jinder Mahal. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And I got a lot of response to that. Now here's the thing. I'm I don't love Jinder Mahal's work, but I've I've seen enough of it to where I think a one and a half, like a six week feud could work and i don't need to see two or three matches i need to see gender stalking drew mcintyre and there was somebody that says oh but do you want drew mcintyre to draw comparisons to another 3mb guy that got released and i'm like yeah that's that's the point is that they have the same story but drew is popular and gender wasn't gender's jealous gender's back gender hasn't been on tv for a year so you don't know that he's been jobbing but the problem that I had with his first reign is that he they made him immediately a title contender. Yes. And the thing was, they were like, they, they didn't want to put him over to the point to where he was a contender. So the reason that you hated him was that this guy actually sucked, but was world champion. And I'm like, that's a weird way to go about it. But if you have the briefcase, you can get away with that a lot more. Now, I've, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, well, Alistair Black could have it. And I'm like, I don't want him running around with the briefcase. Then they right. say, oh, he could declare a, a title match then. And I'm like, well, why doesn't he just keep beating up people clean until they have no choice but to give him a title match? That's usually how people become contenders. Just not anymore, apparently. you got to lose to do that. I would much rather Alistair Black be kicking people's heads off and then say, hot damn, this guy's really good. Maybe he deserves a world title shot instead of him Basically, exposing how inept the booking is by saying, I gotta use this green briefcase to get my title shot because they won't give it to me any other way. With gender, you've got history there. You've got the similar background. And you can have him stalk Drew's matches and his stuff for a while. And then Drew beats him and gender does not win the title. And then you can do whatever the fuck you want with gender after that. I don't care. But this story is there. I think so, too. I mean, Alistair Black, I, I wouldn't have a problem with him winning it just because you're still guaranteed
2: a title shot. Sure. Uh, but I agree with you. Like if, if Alistair Black was to win, he should cash it in immediately because he's not the kind of guy to run in and sneak in and look for a spot. Yes. It, does, it doesn't match his character. I look at Jinder Drew the same way I look at Moxley Jake Hager. It was something that they built up quickly over a few weeks. They had the match. The match is done. They're going to move on. At least at least I think they're going to move on. I look at it the same way, and it's not too unlike Braun and Bray Wyatt, although Braun and Bray Wyatt are probably going to have 18 matches, but it's not dissimilar in terms of the build. You're looking at their history. They've got Ronan Harper in the clip. You can have Heath Slater in the footage too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I agree. I, I think that there is a story. I think it's a good short-term program to do while we're in this environment. And then, uh, you know, they, they they build to it. Uh, gender cashes in. He loses the opportunity. Hopefully by then we got crowds back, and then Drew can move on. Exactly. So, uh, That's yeah, the I, agree benefit. With, I agree
0: with that. That's the benefit of no crowd right now. You can do this. People will give it more of a chance because there's some story here. And I'm all about the stories, and gender is a big part of Drew McIntyre's story. I agree. And, and he has been very adamant about that as well. And – Hey, guys, if you think I'm, like, some gender stan, go back and look at our 2017 reviews. I hated SmackDown back then. I was thrilled. And the the reason for the heat back then, I think, is a better reason now because you'll be like, I don't want gender to win this title. It sucked. I don't want it again. And I think they can pull off a good enough match between the two of them. One match. I don't need to see it the next week on Raw. After that. Although oh, it's Vince, so you will. You will. Vince. Of course yeah. you will. Like, yeah. you're probably going to see Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan on the pre-show of Money in the Bank for the fourth time, too. Best but. of
2: seven with Liv winning them all.
0: Yeah. Might uh, happen. Tim Traver says, happy hump day, Fightful. Hey, happy hump day to you. Korasami says, who do you think WWE will lose first to Hollywood? Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns, or anyone else? Oh, I think Roman Reigns.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if anything, because of his bloodline yeah you know rock is going to help him out the best that he can so i don't know I've, roman has just never really impressed me when it when it comes to his mainstream stuff yeah. he's so just kind of a quiet kind of talker he doesn't show a lot of energy but he's got the right look and he's got the right bloodline
0: but so to he's be fair batista was the same way
2: that's fair that's fair yeah you're right and, and batista's got a real like likable quality about him he you does know? He so, does. And Roman does too. Roman does too. He's got a likable quality about him too. So do
0: we? Do we have a stupid people segment, Jimmy?
2: We do. But there's there's one more oh, thing okay. I want to mention again about about WWE television, and I've I've mentioned this before, and I feel like I'm going to keep mentioning it until they do something. Um, I don't understand why they're not utilizing technology to showcase more talent, because mm-hmm. if you've got guys in places where you can't fly them in right now, or if guys are afraid to come in because you know of their situation, whatever. Again, I I, I named a list just for Raw, Edge, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens. You got John Cena sitting at home. You got The Rock sitting at home. You got Dave Batista sitting at home. You're telling me you can't come up with anything for any of these guys to do from home on a webcam. You can't do anything with any of these guys. It's a wasted opportunity. Fox knew enough to do it for backstage because obviously Fox is not a WWE-produced thing or backstage is not a a Vincent Man produced thing. So they have the foresight to do it. I just don't think Vincent Man thinks about it. I don't think he understands it. I don't think it it, it kind of crosses his mind. Wasted opportunity. They got all these guys with nothing to do. The Rock is doing Q&As every week on Instagram. He's got nothing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing. They did it
0: a little bit last week on SmackDown. That's the most we've seen of it. What did they do?
2: I I might not have seen it.
0: Triple H uh, basically FaceTimed Ric Flair and Stephanie. Okay, Uh,
2: yeah, I mean they did that because they needed to fill that segment and all that. But like, why don't they have? And they had The Rock on um, on the bump. Yeah, when he when he said hi to Triple H, whatever. Why not utilize these guys, have them do commentary for a match, have them – maybe if you're building to to say Drew gender as an example, you get The Rock to chime in with a, you know, a prediction. You get John Cena to chime in. Use these guys while they're sitting at home twiddling their thumbs with nothing to do. I don't understand why they're not doing this. It doesn't the make Rock, any sense. The
0: Rock sits on Instagram like every day and does stuff. They got nothing to do. I mean, it, I would even I would have him do it for like Street Profits and Viking Raiders. Give them the anything, rub. The anything. Rock talking about them? Sure. And if, if the Rock says I like the Street Profits, well there's going to be a lot of people that then like the Street Profits just because the Rock said that. Like that's I I've looked at Montez Ford. I've I've talked about
2: him in the past that there, in some ways he reminds me of young Dwayne Johnson in some ways. Have the Rock talk about Montez Ford. Put him over. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got nothing to do. I cannot believe that we are how many weeks into empty arena shows? Six weeks into empty arena shows, and Vince McMahon has not one time had any of these guys on webcam do anything, call matches, put over wrestlers, nothing in six weeks. You cannot have a seventy-five year old guy running creative. I'm sorry, I don't want to go on about it forever. You can't because you just can't. How do you? How are you not doing that? Doesn't make any sense. So. I said a couple of weeks ago that I was going to take uh, uh, (laughs) our viewers' renditions of the Stupid People song, and I have another one from Cameron Hutton, and so I have to do it the old school way because we're not able to produce, but I'm going to play Cameron Hutton's rendition of the Stupid People song before we go to this segment. Here we go. Stupid people is what this segment's called. You might
3: wonder why we do this stuff by wrestling at all. Used to be WWE
0: weekly, used of stupid big names which we hope they start baby wrestlers by like names.
3: But it didn't work, so we came up with a new segment, and it's called Stupid People.
0: Stupid people, stupid people.
2: Duh. There you go. Beautiful. Cameron Hutton. And once again, this is going to be the coronavirus edition,
0: part four.
2: And I feel like I could do these forever because people are stupid, Sean. (laughs) People are stupid. And this this landscape is highlighting how stupid people are. It's amazing how stupid people are. I know. So I could could probably go on forever. So this first one reported by NPR.org on April 25. There is a sector of our society, Sean, where common sense is just not there. Like there just is no common sense with a certain sector of society. They believe anything they read, anything they hear, including fake news, not just civilians, government officials too. We saw it with Brian Kemp, the, the, the governor of Georgia, who waited until like two months into this thing to say, oh, uh, I just found out that you could be asymptomatic and be contagious. Common sense is just not there. Now, I want to say this. I am nonpartisan on politics, Sean. Nonpartisan. All right. I'm not going for one guy. I'm not going against one guy. I'm going right down the middle. Yep. Donald Trump, back on April 23rd, he did his daily briefing that he's been doing for the coronavirus. uh, And he had a couple of doctors with him on stage. Everybody has seen this. And they talked about how ultraviolet light and disinfectant have shown to be effective against the coronavirus or against COVID-19. Donald Trump then looked at one of the doctors and he speculated maybe we can inject disinfectant somehow into the body. And the doctor was very polite and you know tried to get him off of it. There were people watching this press conference, Sean, and Donald Trump did not say, Hey, people at home, I want you to to inject disinfectant. He didn't say that. He asked a doctor on stage, is there a way that this could we could do this? Is there a way that we can inject this? So within two days after Donald Trump did that briefing, within two days, okay? New York City's poison control center saw a spike in calls for poison by disinfectant, including nine specifically about exposure to Lysol, 10 cases specifically about bleach, and 11 cases about exposure to other household cleaners.
0: And the next day, keep in mind, I live on the Bible Belt. There were a lot of people defending even what he said, and they're like, oh, well, he actually meant – formaldehyde and stuff in vaccines and i'm like no nah. well no he didn't but
3: but, but the again, fact but
0: then the white house is like oh he was sarcastic and i'm yeah. like so what is it he meant this or he was being sarcastic because if so homeboy's got to talk to a comedian and get better delivery because that that was not sarcastic he was serious but there there was no responsibility being held because there are dumb people that will do shit like this they'll do anything and again
2: i'm not defending trump but trump did not look into the camera and say inject yourself with lysol he didn't say that he asked one of the doctors if there's a possibility that you know you can inject the body with this kind of thing and people ran with that and what are they doing are they like like taking shots of lysol yeah like, what the hell are people doing yes.
0: duh
3: <sighs>
2: This next one is reported by TMZ on April 27th. So we've talked before about these pastors in some states that were defying stay-at-home orders because they want to keep packing their congregation so they can keep on making that money. And there's one guy named Tony Spell out of Louisiana. He's probably been getting the most attention because he's been defying these stay-at-home orders, right? So uh, a couple of weeks ago, he got arrested for allegedly trying to run over a protester. Because people were protesting that he was continuing to uh, do his church service on Sundays. He got arrested for that. They, they put him under house arrest and they gave him an ankle bracelet. Right? The following Sunday, he packed his congregation again, defied the house arrest, and showed off the ankle bracelet to his congregation. This is what this idiot did. Now, this is a stupid story not just for him, but it's a, it's a stupid story for the judicial system too. Because after he defied the house arrest— went back to the church, showed off the ankle bracelet. The judge in the case basically said, we're going to leave him under house arrest because we don't want him to potentially infect any of the prisoners in jail with COVID-19. So we're going to leave him under house arrest, knowing next Sunday he's going to be back at church again. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's it going to take? What's it going to take? Is it going to take like 20 people from his church dying? I I think it's really
0: like one people who share the conspiracy theories and all that stuff. Just because they live in a rural area like I live in, it's major disrespectful to people that are getting sick, dying, out there working in the hospitals to share this dumb shit because some dork in fucking scrubs made a YouTube video, some chiropractor made a video, the truth about COVID-19, you fucking (laughs) dummy, you fucking (laughs) dummy. So if you post shit like that, Uh, you better be ready for somebody to call you a fucking dummy because you're a fucking dummy.
2: Well, this last one. Oh, have you seen all the people that are like,
0: oh, you better watch this before it gets deleted. They're trying to. Trying to keep us from no... They're trying to keep motherfuckers from drinking bleach and shit, is what they're trying to do. I promise you, Mark Zuckerberg Uh. wants you to live so he can make more money off of you, you fucking dummies.
2: <laughs> well, this last one is ironic because uh, your state they wanted is part to of the crash story. the
0: stock market, Jimmy. It was all a <laughs> part of their plan—the master plan to control us to fuck up the stock market. You fucking dummies! <laughs>
2: did you hear about the Lakers?
0: Yeah, I did.
2: The Lakers got a four million dollar subsidy.
0: Yeah, they gave it back.
2: Los Angeles Lakers.
0: Yeah, should we?
2: Apply Isn't that, that unbelievable? They got a four million dollar subsidy.
0: Can I can I apply for that?
2: This last one was reported by the New York Post on April 20. And this one, ironically enough, your state was mentioned in the story, Sean, which I thought was interesting. So we've talked before about how cities across the U.S., people are doing protests now. You know, they're protesting. They want to go outside. They want them to lift lockdown rules. Kentucky, as an example, Sean, after these protests
0: started, what do you think happened? Oh, they I know what happened. I'm here. Yeah, that's why I'm asking you. Yeah, yeah fucking dummies got sick. <laughs> by, the they way, saw, by the way, a test from uh, or a study from University of Kentucky has revealed that about 2,000 lives have been saved by stay-at-home in Kentucky. Really? Yeah.
2: Well, in the state of Kentucky, after these protests started, they saw their highest spike in one-day cases of coronavirus since this whole thing started. The highest one-day spike is when after people began these protests. People are selfish and stupid, and they don't understand that you can be asymptomatic. There was one woman, and I forget what state she's in, but there was one woman who was one of these organizers of these protests. Every Tuesday, she was organizing a protest going down to like City Hall or something, and then all of a sudden, she was no longer there. People thought, where'd she go? She's the organizer. Where is she? Yeah, she tested positive, so she had to quarantine for two weeks.
0: Oh, Jimmy, I see the dumbest shit here. No offense, I love Kentucky. I really do. (laughs) But I see some of the dumbest shit where people are comparing it to to being locked up in the the Holocaust and shit. And I'm like, you fucking dummy. Anne Frank spent two years hiding. All you're being asked to do is stay at home. Or wear a mask when you're not home. You fucking dummies. And don't forget that they're, pre- they're predicting
2: a second wave.
0: Yeah, oh and yeah. And if a
2: second wave happens, we're going to be locked down again. And it's going to be these morons defying these orders that are going to cause the second wave. So and help then-
0: me God, Jimmy. <laughs> if the Bengals drafted Joe Burrow and the Reds spent a bunch of money in free agency. And these fucking dummies <laughs> keep me from enjoying... <laughs> enjoying sports for the first time in years, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be SOS. It's going to be slap on site territory. <laughs> if you have posted this dumb shit and I catch you out, I will risk arrest to slap you.
2: Oh, great. There goes Pfeiffer. They're going to be having an operator from prison. Well I worked. mean, as an Oilers fan, anybody that's a, that's a fan of the National Hockey League will know this. The Oilers are in a playoff position this season. Mm-hmm. And because of what's going on, I I was actually – I had told my wife before this whole thing started. I had told my wife, if the Oilers make the playoffs, I'm going to Edmonton for round one. So I told her, like, be prepared. Make sure your mom's here to help with the kids, whatever, because if the Oilers make the playoffs, I'm going to Edmonton for round one. Even if they do start the season again, they're going to do it with no fans in the arenas probably. So I'm going to miss out as well to a degree. But you make these sacrifices to save lives. I mean that's what you got to do. Exactly. Exactly.
0: My inconvenience does not rise above somebody else's life. And when people say shit like, oh, mortality rate will only be – no, fuck you. Mortality rate being more than zero is too much for me. I think that's ridiculous. I would like all of you to be alive.
2: (laughs) Uh, Let me say this. After this, go to Fiboselect.com. We're going to do the list goes on. And I have a lot of topics because uh, we talked a lot about other shit today. So I'm going to talk about Cain Velasquez. I'm going to talk about AEW. We're going to talk about Killer Cross, Bianca Belair. Uh, Even going to talk about Billions a little bit, the show Billions. So go to pfeifferselect.com. Uh, List goes on after this.
0: Somebody says SRS switch to ge- decaf. No, how about you all switch to <laughs> not being fucking dummies? Harold Romero says, "Have you watched Being the Elite lately? It's been very good and creative. Yes, I've enjoyed it more over the quarantine than I have in the past since AEW started. Really, so I'm really enjoying that, Jimmy. Anything else?
2: I've never watched Being the Elite aside from like five or seven, five or five or ten you know second clips. I'm just I, I again, I it's respect them. I respect them in terms of their accomplishments, but I'm not a fan of the young bucks. That's just how it is.
0: New headline: Jimmy Van buries the young bucks, calls them fucking <laughs> dummies. Right. Until yeah. next time, guys. <laughs> we're out.